just asked him flat out, I'm like, why are you saying this? Like, what do you see in me that you're so confident in my abilities? What is it? Because I would love to know. And and he did a, you know, and I don't think he was telling me uh, things I didn't already know about myself. It was nothing novel. It was nothing that was this huge discovery, but just hearing it from somebody else uh, and bringing that to the forefront it was hugely helpful. And I remember walking around with my chest up a little bit, you know, a little extra pep in my step after that. Welcome to the Emotional Intelligence Podcast, a podcast where we explore the intersection of emotional intelligence and leadership. Now, whether you're a seasoned executive or just starting out in your leadership journey, we're going to share practical tips, inspiring stories, and expert insights to help you develop your emotional intelligence and achieve your goals. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take your leadership skills to the next level. I'm Ismail. And I'm Samir. Hey, Ismail. How's it going? Good, good, good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited about today's topic, which we are going to focus on imposter syndrome, primarily because we both at various junctions in our career have suffered from imposter syndrome in a major way and debilitating fashion at times. Much as I hate to admit it, it is very true. And I don't think it's going to be the last time, meaning imposter syndrome will come to haunt me again. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and I remember probably I think it was back in 2015-ish, I was a young manager and I came to you with all different types of psychological stresses that I was having. And you named imposter syndrome for me and you put a name to it and you said, bro, this is what's going on. And it blew my mind and opened up my eyes. And uh, we're looking to have that same kind of uh, epiphany type of moment for our listeners today. Absolutely. And just for for setting, uh, just for calibrating us, uh, in terms of just like a general definition of imposter syndrome. It's also, it can be interchanged with imposterism, but imposter syndrome, it's a psychological occurrence in which people, they doubt their skills, their talents, all of their accomplishments. And they have this just like constant nagging internalized feeling of being of like this chance of being them being exposed as frauds. It's like, you know, someone is going to find out that I'm not really supposed to be here. So if you feel that, Chances are it's imposter syndrome and it was geared towards women and females, highly successful or high achieving women. And as of late, it's been shown to cross genders and it it affects everyone. And I think everyone has a little bit of imposter syndrome in them, just how it shows up. And a lot of times it shows up when you're thrown into a new situation, right? Like it's, uh, it's rarely uh, affecting individuals who've been in a position for 20 years and know it inside and out and have proven to be productive in those roles. It usually hits you when you've been thrown into something new and you're kind of fighting your way through it. I mean, what's what's interesting is that, like, so some of the symptoms or signs of imposter syndrome is that I, I would say I know I would say that yes, if you have a lot of um, a lot of experience in something, I think you go on autopilot. I would say that you can still be doing something for twenty twenty five years and still have this self doubt, but you're able to hide it. You're able to hide it really, really well, and. So you have imposter syndrome, but you have this other side of you that is uh, essentially just like a show. 
you know? And so it's the underpinning of all of imposter syndrome is just this persistent self-doubt of your own talents and abilities. Full stop. Like, you know, that's if if you if you feel that even to the littlest degree, um, that's where it starts. Yeah, and there's definitely a a notion of undermining or uh like attributing your success to luck rather than ability. I, I know that's something that I've definitely suffered from where I've been put into positions earlier than perhaps my peer group. And I'm like, why did they pick me for this? Like, and you know, I'd just be like right place, right time. Samir has nothing to do with your capabilities, your abilities, your high performance and evidence of high performance over time. It's because they just had a roll open and they saw your face and they kind of did like a little pin the tail on the donkey and you were the one they picked. And <laughs> that's, that, that's really, I've, I'm not making that up. That's how I've justified promotions that I've received in the early stages of my career. Now, you know, after many years and putting in the work, I've been able to overcome this. But yeah, man, I think a lot of people feel that way. And so to counter that, uh, that feeling, um, you know, they've, they've really, you know, a lot of people end up burning out because they're working so hard to almost prove to themselves that they're worthy and uh, they're over-preparing, they're putting in excessive efforts into tasks that might not be productive uh, just to continue to show that, hey, I should be here, I belong here, I have, I should have a seat at this table. And uh, yeah, man, it can really, really be a large contributor to burnout for folks. And if I look back now, it's it's very weird to it's 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 interesting. I've been doing my job and career um, in we'll say technology and business uh, for over twenty years now, and I still still believe that regardless of all of my accomplishments and and again, I just I don't even like saying like oh I've I've been rated highly. I I do have there's evidence, clear objective evidence of high performance. I still think that I'm not necessarily the smartest or mm-hmm. it was just like, I say dumb luck. Right. Yeah. And that one's a tough one for me because someone, someone can come to me objectively. Like I know you can, I do this. Too, but have you checked out these three things in the last five years you've accomplished? How can you not think that you're good at what you do? And I can come up with a million reasons and, and that one plagues me big time. But I think we can define the term a little bit further than just talking abstractly about, you know, the symptoms. There there are some archetypes of imposter syndrome that Dr. Valerie Young has called out. And I think understanding those could be helpful for our listeners. And maybe as we're explaining it, thinking about which one do you fall into? Sure. So um, there's five main archetypes that uh, Dr. Young came up with. And I'll just rattle them off really quickly and, and talk a little bit about them. But the first one is the perfectionist. And this is someone who's never satisfied with their work and always will be trying to refine it. Then there's the superman or superwoman, and they just push themselves to work harder, longer, uh, in order to prove themselves that they're, you know, prove that to themselves or prove themselves to others that they're not imposters. Then there's something called the natural genius, and they're always judging their worth by how easy and how quickly they can do something rather than the amount of effort they're putting in. So if, if something takes a, if a really, really long time, even though it might be super complex, they're like, I'm not good enough. 
And you have uh, the fourth one, which is the soloist. And this is someone who like prefers to work alone and they see asking for help as a weakness. This is their failure. This is their kryptonite. And then finally, there's the expert. And this is someone who's always trying to learn. Uh, They're never satisfied with their credentials, with their education, with their level of understanding. They might be the smartest person in the room on a given topic, but they still don't think they're good enough. Because they need to learn more and know more in order to be an expert. That's right. That's interesting. And, yeah. And and I'll go first. I'm I will admit that I fall under that expert category. I'm always thinking uh, I'll give you an example is that about in in 20 I want to say 2016 or 2017 I I got my masters in industrial and organizational psychology. And I was thinking to myself before I got that I'm like okay, I can do X at work if I get my masters degree. I got it. And nothing changed. Nothing changed about how I felt. I had this this more. I had more education, and then I was like, okay, well, let me go with these certificates. And it's still, it's it's just constantly needing this validation or increasing my knowledge base before I think I'm ready. And that will never happen. You're gonna have a long list of alphabets yeah. and letters <laughs> after your name if you yeah, keep I doing purposefully that. Purposefully keep those off. But yeah, you're right. You're right. How about you? So I would put myself, I think, 100% in the category of the perfectionist. I I really do fixate on what I'm doing wrong, what I'm not doing well enough, what I don't know, and not giving enough credence or enough appreciation for what I do know and the soft skills that I bring to the table potentially or my experience that I've dealt with various issues in the past and letting that kind of be at the forefront of my thought process. It's always, you know, like fixating on what I've done wrong. And I always want to be perfect, perfect, perfect all the time. So that's the one I think definitely that plagues me. Um, but, but I don't, the, the res, it does resonate with me. The expert, um, it, when you were explaining it, I was like, I could, I could see that being an issue too for me. So it, it I don't think, um, it's gotta be one category per se. I think at different times you, you take on different, uh, archetypes, but I will say that the super woman or superman one doesn't really resonate with me nor does the natural genius for sure because that's i've always had to work really hard to get anything in my life so i wouldn't say i mean i i would i'd say in different places like uh we'll say if i have to ask for help in my personal life i feel like i'm a failure or not good enough Mm. and i've changed that a lot um i think my wife has helped me a lot with that yeah she's i mean she's she's my partner in crime and she's a good woman Thank you. Thank you. As is your wife. Well, Thankfully, that. if they weren't, they would not be letting us do what we're doing. Right <laughs> That's now, true. That's you know? true. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think you're 100%, 100% right in terms yeah. of you can cross. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We hope you're enjoying the episode so far. If you want to stay updated on all the latest content and behind the scenes action, be sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and several other places by using the link in the show notes. And if it's not too much trouble, we'd love for you to leave a review and share this episode with some of your friends. Your support means everything to us, and we can't wait to connect with you online. Now, let's get back to the show. 
we've talked about the signs and symptoms. So many of you might either be saying, some of you are probably saying, oh, I don't, uh, I don't have imposter syndrome at all. And that's great. That's totally fine. But a lot of you might be thinking, I can't believe that's me. And so there are tons of strategies to overcome imposter syndrome. But um, Samir and I are, are just going to talk about a couple that we've personally experienced or used over time to help us move forward in our career. And we've had to use these. And I mean, the first one that comes to mind right away is just acknowledging the feelings, being present with the feelings. And that's just knowing and accepting that you're going to feel inadequate sometimes. And it's a common thing. There are going to be times where you just feel like, dang, how did I not know the answer to that? Or why do I, why am I not able to do this so easily? And that it, it is imposter syndrome. There's a name to it. You can label it and, and just, yeah. And just being able to feel not alone. And then it's like acknowledge the feeling, but then also acknowledge your progress, right? When you get into a situation where you're feeling like you are, uh, not, uh, when you get into a situation where you feel inadequate, uh, each day you're getting incrementally better. You're getting incrementally more experienced. So focus on that as well, right? And and know that imposter syndrome isn't something that can't go away. It, it does go. I mean, I think Smile and I are living proof of it. You know, I think 95% it's, it's gone away, but it's still always going to kind of be there. But it's gotten way better. And it's not like to the point where it's like debilitates us anymore. It's something that we acknowledge and we work through. But also, that kind of brings me to one of the strategies that's helped me is celebrating the success and celebrating the progress and enjoying the journey that it is to improve in a role uh, or improve as a leader, right? So um, you have to sometimes stop and pat yourself on the back and celebrate that, hey, there was when I took on this job, there was about 15 things I needed to learn. I've learned seven of them. So I'm, I'm almost 50% to where I need to be. So I'm just going to stop and take that win and really let that sink in. And I think in the spin of things, people don't spend enough time uh, acknowledging those milestones because that's really what's going to build the confidence. That's what's going to reinforce that uh, your efforts are leading to success and allow you to connect why you're progressing. It really helps understand the why which is a big problem for people with imposter syndrome is understanding why they've been put in the position that they've been put in. And there are lots of uh, behavioral science behind why people have this notion of not feeling good enough or inadequate. And we're not going to get into that, but there is a lot behind it. And really it's about moving forward. And um, like one of the things that plagues me, another one of the things that plagues me is I tend to compare myself to my peers or other people who are in different places in their lives, different situations. And I think to myself, wow, that person, how on earth did they get to where they are? Yeah. And why am I not there? Yeah. Now, there can be a million reasons why. And I really had to stop comparing myself to other people because That's huge. Our, our definitions of success are different. Mm -hmm. Um, our education levels are different. Our circumstances are different. Who we know, what we, how we, the path we took to success is going to be unique and it has to be your own path and your own journey. And you have to focus and work on that. You're not going to have someone else's path. Not to mention the fact you have no idea what 
uh, sacrifices and the cost associated with the, the other person's journey, what that was in order for them to get there. Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's situation is relative, and and when you stop comparing, your you that feeling of inadequacy that you tie to that comparison will start to fade. So I, I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, I do want to add one more thing though. The the pat on the back that we're talking about. I um I mean, there's so many times that uh, many people have heard me say this. I think I'm not sure if I've ever mentioned it to you, but I always say, like, let's say there's a promotion or something interesting that's happened in life. I always ask the person, like, just stop for a minute and take stock of where you are and what you're feeling right now, because it's the only time you're ever going to feel that way. And what I mean by that is if it's your first promotion in your life, it's the first time you're ever going to feel that first promotion feeling. Mm, yeah. And so stop for a moment and really just take it in at the very least, just take it in and enjoy it yeah. because it's a very unique experience. The it next is. one won't feel that way. No, because as you keep progressing, you start looking at each step as an increase in responsibility and it sure. starts to yeah. become less of a celebration like and more that. of like, <laughs> you're like, like Oh God, I got promoted again. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think that's, that's a really good point. Like I, I never thought about it that way. So I do love that. Uh, I will say also as a, as a perfectionist, as my archetype that I've identified myself as a perfectionist, I think one of the things that's also helped me to uh, uh, get out of the rut of imposter syndrome is understanding or accepting that perfection is just not attainable, right? Giving myself grace and uh, and not defining myself by what I don't know and what mistakes I have made or what flaws or capabilities I'm lacking, but instead put more stock into what I'm great at, you know, and, yeah. and and being able to do that is, and it took me a while to do that, especially as somebody who has always uh, stood out because of quote unquote soft skills, right? That relationship skill, that communication skill, the things that, uh, you know, don't show up as much on a resume or a piece of paper. Uh, I've had to remind myself a lot and, you know, kind of ask others, right? I think seeking support, that's another one yeah. that, um, you know, seeking support from others and asking them uh, to help you understand what they see in you. And I've had to do that in my career a couple of times. I remember one of the companies I worked at, they hooked you up with the mentor in the C-suite and uh, they that mentor was over nine months that you, you met with them, you know, weekly or bi-weekly and you had like, a, it was a very formulaic mentorship program. It was great. But uh, the person that I was connected with, you know, would just say a lot of positive things about me. And I remember one session because some of those sessions got really raw. Luckily, this this person that I was connected with was very open and very uh, made me feel very safe. And I uh, just asked him flat out, I'm like, why are you saying this? Like, what do you see in me that you're so confident in my abilities? What is it? Because I would love to know. And And he did a, you know, and I don't think he was telling me uh, things I didn't already know about myself. It was nothing novel. It was nothing that was this huge discovery, but just hearing it from somebody else uh, and bringing that to the forefront, it was hugely helpful. And I remember walking around my chest up a little bit, you know, a little extra pep in my step after that, because I was like, oh, 
okay, now I see what other people are seeing. So that might be a gift that somebody in your life can give you when you're having that imposter syndrome is going to them and being like, dude, why do you think I got picked for this role? Or what do you think I can do this? And then letting them tell you why. And you got to find folks that are going to be real with you too. It is a gift. I, I do. If you can find someone who can genuinely explain to you uh, why you are correct for that role or that situation, whatever it is, that's a gift because it's hard to do and make you believe it. Ultimately, like you were saying, it's not anything new. It's just you didn't believe it. A lot of people will say, and why I say it's really hard to give this gift is because there are a lot of people who will just say what they need to say, what you need to hear. Whereas if you can find someone who will genuinely tell you what it is specifically that makes you good at that also, or where you might have some weaknesses, if you can find that person, um, that is critical, right? And I feel uncomfortable. I always have felt uncomfortable when someone gave me a compliment. Uh, and uh, not anymore, but I would say up until about 10 years ago, until I learned, it was in a leadership class, I learned how to accept feedback, positive feedback. It's very simple. It's like, thank you. That's it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. That's very kind. And you leave it at that. Yeah, you got to be willing to receive it. Yes, you have to be open to it. And so that, I mean, you and that mentor that you had, it was a two-way street. It wasn't just them. You were also, you, first of all, hard question to ask. So kudos to you for asking that question that you did. It makes you very vulnerable. But also you were ready to listen and hear it at the time because you could have asked that question earlier and it would have bounced right off you. Right. And I was, yeah, I was just kind of sick of feeling like that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just ask because I'm sick of trying to figure it out on my own. You know, I also think, you know, it's maybe so another, another area or another way that you can overcome it. Another strategy is just understanding the reality that imposter syndrome exists. So it's like a kind of falling under the category of acknowledging the feelings, but understanding that it's there and there are way more people than you think that have imposter syndrome and are successful at the same time and that it's a normal thing, meaning you're normalizing that imposter syndrome exists. It's not like a death sentence. It's just something that exists that you need to work with. It's not going away. You need to let it float with you, around you, but not let it attack you and impact you. And if you can do that, I think that's really another strategy. It's just the reality of it. It's there. It's going to be there. There's many people who have it. Not a big deal. No different than a mosquito bite. You just move on. 100%, man. And But I think the first thing that we uh, mentioned as a strategy of, you know, really acknowledging the feeling is the key and, and understanding that it could be something that's really hindering you in your career development. Because I know folks firsthand that I've met along the way in my career that are extremely competent, very smart, but their imposter syndrome has stopped them from going for roles that they want, uh, going after things that they, that they deserve. So, you know, this was, this was awesome kind of chatting through imposter syndrome with you, um, in a very different setting than we did the first time. I think the first time we talked about it was on a road trip. Yeah. On a road trip coming back with a 
uh, a car full of sleeping men uh, that were our buddies that were all passed out. But uh, Ismail, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. And uh, we hope that this episode was helpful to you guys. Uh, we're going to have a lot of cool information in our show notes, uh, things that you can link to. I know this is a topic that Ismail's done a lot of work and research on. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Yeah. So I actually have a some. I created a survival guide. It's imposter syndrome survival guide. Uh, and I have like essentially 10 ways to overcome imposter syndrome. Some of the ones that we talked about, uh, I will put the link in the show notes, but you can also get it by typing in, uh, in your browser, eq.ismailquadri.com. So eq.ismailquadry.com. And it will take you to a link to sign up for it. Just it'll throw in your email address and the, and I'll send it over to you. That is great. I, I've personally looked at it. I found it extremely helpful and it really inspired me uh, to do this episode on this very important topic. So we hope this was helpful to you guys and uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Emotional Intelligence Podcast. We hope you found it informative and enjoyable. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review on your favorite platform. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more people. If you're interested in learning more about the topics we discussed today, be sure to check out the show notes for links and resources. You can find them by visiting our website. And if you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us by email at info at emotionalintelligence.com or connect with us on social media by using the links in the show notes. Music.